0: Mandalorian. Oh, no. Hey, what's up, everybody? Good morning. Well, good morning-ish or afternoon. I apologize for the delay in getting this episode up. I had some scheduling issues. This week has been really busy. It's uh, without getting into it, you know, Sundance is happening and I'm trying to catch up with some of those movies and uh, I was invited to go catch the Moonfall screening yesterday and I have some thoughts on that movie, but we're not here to talk about any of that stuff. We're here to talk about The Book of Boba Fett. And if you are new and you're just coming across this video, welcome. This is the morning after spoiler podcast show, where the day after I review whatever the biggest show is of the week that's currently happening. And right now, for some of us, it is The Book of Boba Fett. Um, for others, I would probably say it's Peacemaker, or maybe, well, Yellow Jacket's just finished, right? So, uh, I know a lot of people are talking about that, and, you know, I, I will do some thoughts and comments on Peacemaker, because I'm loving that show. I mean, that show is fantastic. But, like I said, we're here to talk about The Book of Boba Fett. As if the title doesn't give it away, this is a spoiler review Episode and I do this every week every Thursday. Normally it would have uploaded around nine o'clock, but uh, Like I said because of scheduling issues, it's been a bit delayed. So I do apologize about that But boy do we have a lot to talk about in this episode and without even going into any more nonsense let me just put that spoiler uh, warning up there because the title of the damn episode spoils this Already for a lot of you. And uh, as of this morning, it is, what, Thursday morning now? Disney already tweeted out a, a preview trailer of what to expect. The Mandalorian is back. We got, you know, good old Mando back. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll say it what it is. It's, it's like we're getting a Mando preview, season preview of season three. So this is probably like... This one episode is like a Mandalorian season 2.5, right? Um, the whole episode is dedicated to the Mandalorian, which is perfectly fine because this episode was really amazingly well done. If you are a fan of the prequels, if you are a fan of the video games, if you are a fan of the cartoons, and you've been keeping up with all of that stuff, then this show was... this episode. It's perfectly tailored for all of you. And I appreciated all the little Easter eggs and the little fan service that we got. But this episode would not have been as cool if it wasn't for the brilliant directing of Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, She came back to direct this episode. It was a surprise. I don't think anyone knew that she was directing an episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Um, But she killed it. I mean... If you go back to Seasons 1 and 2 of The Mandalorian, I would easily say that the the two best episodes from those two seasons were directed by her. In Season 2, you know, she really stepped up her game when she directed the episode with um, the first appearance we got of Bo-Katan. And you could tell she got a lot of influence from her dad, uh, directing-wise, and she kicks it up a notch in this episode, with not only the way the episode paced, but just how the story played out, the action scenes, the character development. You know, we got so much in this episode, and I really do think it has a lot to do. Credit to Bryce Dallas Howard for directing such a brilliant, brilliant episode. And yes, Boba Fett does not appear in this episode at all, and everyone's saying that this is their favorite episode of the series so far, and what does that say, that the best episode of this season, or of this whatever show, is the one that doesn't have the main character in it? Look, I've been enjoying this show with every episode. You know, every episode has served a purpose. And it may have been slow for some, it may have been, you know, kind of underwhelming for others because this is not the Boba Fett, you know, that I recall and all that stuff like that. But regardless of that, you know, and I even did a, a separate video about, you know, my thoughts on all that noise. The reason why this episode was so good, you know, and this is my theory, this is my opinion and all that. We've spent two full seasons learning about the Mandalorian, and we've grown to really know him and love him, and, you know, he is a well-developed character. So, of course, with the surprise of him showing up in this one episode, everyone's going to get super stoked. I mean, I yelped out loud when I saw him show up. Um, Mind you, I called it back in in my last episode last week... You know, when right before the credits hit at the end of the episode, they had the familiar Mandalorian music, right? And I was like, Uh oh, what does that mean? Does that mean that we he could you know Boba could be looking for the help from the Mandalorian? I mean, take a look at this clip right now, I'll show you. And you could see that it's exactly the way I called it. You hear the music change and we hear something very familiar. It's the freaking music from The Mandalorian. So what does that mean? Could this mean that maybe they may ask Mando for help? So yeah. So I kind of knew this was coming. And I'm sure there's a lot of you out there who probably figured it out as well. But the reason why this episode was so good was because, again, we are so familiar with the Mando. Um, You know, with Mando. And of course with Grogu and all that stuff like that. And with boba fett he was never really a fleshed out character to begin with you know i mentioned in my one off that you know he he was shown very sparingly through the original trilogy he's only had like four real lines of dialogue um a very short amount of time on screen you know and the only thing that we had going after that was some non-canon stuff that was written in the books and comics and then we got some sort of canon stuff that was written later on and all that but a lot of it was really manifested within us of how this character is and all that because dude looks awesome you know he's a bounty hunter he seems to be very like no shits given or taken or whatever the case is and he you know he does what he got to do right now we're getting a different boba who's a little bit more strategic you know he's learned a lot of lessons life lessons from his time with the tuscan raiders you know surviving the sarlacc pit you know he's changing his tune a little bit right we still don't really know what the full breadth of his reasoning is on why he wants so hard to be a crime lord and the next two episodes will be crucial for all that stuff for sure but the reason why we love this episode, or many of us love this episode so much, is really because of the fact that we've spent so much time with Mando, you know, and we we're dying to see more of him. And the the last two seasons were so amazingly done, right? And like I mentioned before, the brilliant directing that was done for this episode from Bryce Dallas Howard. That's the reason why this episode was so good. Plus, we got a lot of surprises in it, too. You know, a lot of little Easter eggs here and there that really harken back to the fandom that a lot of us have of Star Wars. You know, and I'll get into more details about it later, but, you know, I mentioned if you love the prequels, I mean, this showed a lot of love going back to the prequels. If you're a fan of the video games, we had a nice little, like, surprise cameo in this, you know, episode... From a video game character. That was very unexpected. You know, and all this stuff that, you know, kind of transpired throughout the episode. It was just really, really well done. And I don't want to say it's 100% fan service, because that's just not fair to the directing and the way this episode played out. But, you know, it really spoke to a lot of our fandoms you know, within the Star Wars universe. And it was just, like, brilliantly done. And I really, really enjoyed this episode. Yes, for now, it is one of my favorite episodes of the show so far. Um, But we still have two more episodes to go. So it'll be really interesting to see where things, you know continue from here Um, but yeah it was like I said really really well done and um, you know I'll get into a lot more stuff in a little bit but I'm very curious to hear about what all of you think about the episode and all and another way to look at it too is like you know because I did see some rumblings on Twitter and you know some outlets wrote articles that this episode confused a lot of the fans right or the people who are watching the show because, one, you had a full dedicated episode... Uh, a full episode dedicated to a character that wasn't really part of this this, this series, right? Um, but it's a character that we've grown to love, and that's the Mandalorian. And, you know, there's no... You know, it was up until the last, what, five, six minutes of the show where we saw Fennec show up. And, you know, she's the only other main character in the series. So... It confused a lot of people, but when you look at it in a certain way, the name of the show is The Book of Boba Fett, right? And just like any book, sometimes you may have a chapter or two dedicated to a one off, right? Something that's going around the universe or, you know, whatever the storyline is um, from the main characters that we're used to, that we've been reading about. And that's to give more backstory, uh, to hint of something that's coming up in the future. You know, that's just a part of storytelling. And when you read books, anyone who's read books knows that this is something that happens quite often. So this is exactly what's been happening here. And I'm not trying to make excuses for anything like that. Look, I've always been very honest about my feelings about every episode of this show so far. I've had my gripes with certain things, and there are a lot of things that I do love, right? It has not deterred my feeling for the series as a whole because I'm still enjoying it. Did this episode kick it up a notch? Hell yeah, it did. But if anything, it made me even more excited for season three of The Mandalorian because this episode and everything that he went through in this episode really sets a lot of things up for those next for that next season. And you know, yes, we, we it does look like. Mando is going to be teaming up with Boba Fett to help out with his um, pursuit to become this over uh, this crime lord on um, you know Tatooine and all that, and to fight against the Pikes. And I'm really looking forward to all that. But a lot of things to be said here. But yeah, again, let me know in the comments what you feel about this episode, how you took it, uh, and all that stuff like that. What are your thoughts about all the rumblings and what people are saying? Maybe you don't give a shit. Whatever. You know, people are people. People are people. So what can it be? Whatever. They're they're gonna say their thing. They're gonna they're gonna, you know, hate on you know this show or they're gonna love this show or whatever the case is. I'm loving it. I know there are a lot of you who are enjoying this show. Uh, you let me know in the comments of some of my episodes. So I appreciate that. And you know, let's continue enjoying the show and see what happens. For all I know, the last episode will air, and when it's all said and done, I'll be like, this show sucked. I'm like, we built up all this stuff and nothing happened, or the ending doesn't make sense, or whatever. Um, It could easily happen that way. But I will wait and see. I am leaving it up to Favreau and Filoni and Robert Rodriguez in putting together whatever they feel is a an appropriate storyline for this dude and let's see what happens afterwards yeah so again let me know in the comments about what you feel and what you think about this episode but i will get into some of the recaps but before i do uh first i am parched so i will be drinking some of my coffee ah and if you are a coffee like i am then you know how important it is to have that great cup of coffee every day or a favorite coffee of yours right and that was something I've always used to struggle with from time to time until I came across bulletproof coffee now the reason why bulletproof coffee is so good is because bulletproof coffee it provides a more cleaner coffee and what does that mean that means that there are no chemicals um, there are no you know additional additives or whatever the case is they go through this really really deep process in making sure that all the beans are thoroughly cleansed multiple times and goes through this whole process to make sure that once the beans lands in your hands it is free from all types of chemicals with nothing else added to it so that you can just enjoy the coffee purely uh so you know use use your time wisely and enjoy a new way of drinking coffee with bulletproof so fuel your journey every morning with bulletproof like i said they provide clean coffee but that's not all they provide they also have keto friendly snacks and proven supplements to add to your daily diet uh their approach to nutrition helps transforms the way you feel and to be honest, I really believe in that. Um, you know, one of the things I hate about drinking coffee is that sometimes some coffee is very acid, like, acidative, right? You feel it. And sometimes you get, like, these reactions or, you know, your stomach kind of hurts or whatever the case is. Every time I drink Bulletproof coffee, I don't get any of that. You know, and I was a lover of Starbucks for a while, but Starbucks always has that aftertaste and all that. I never got that with Bulletproof coffee. So, um you know i that's why i like talking about these guys that's why bulletproof is my coffee of choice on a day-to-day basis and i want you guys to experience it Uh, for yourself and to make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof. So by doing, by, uh, you can see on the screen right here that you can get yourself 15% off by using the discount code lowkeygeek, all caps, one word, um, by visiting the link in the description of this episode. And if you click on that and you use this at checkout, you can get yourself fifteen percent off your order on Bulletproof Coffee and try it if you haven't tried it already. Um, before, um, they have many versions of their beans. They even have a starter kit and a sampler pack if you're interested in just you know um, getting a variety of what they have to offer and see for yourself if this is something that you would love to add to your daily routine. So, and if you do, let me know what you think of it, um, whether it's on twitter or in any of my videos um let me know what you think of it because i truly feel that bulletproof coffee is the way to go uh so enjoy yourself some bulletproof coffee and enjoy 15% off at checkout with the discount code loki geek and anything that is uh, done through this promotion uh Any commission that I get goes back to supporting the channel. And if you click on that link and you use this discount code, uh, I totally, totally appreciate you. And I appreciate the support that you're giving to this channel. So thank you so much. And yes, try Bulletproof. I don't think you'll be sorry at all. All right. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's go into this recap. So episode starts off in this crazy meat locker thing um it kind of looks like you know i'll be honest like again this is where some of the more modern stuff throws me off a little bit because this looks like any other industrial meat locker that you would see in any other movie right like for some reason I felt like I would could see Rocky in the background like pounding on these meats you know training and all that stuff like that but it is what it is but they don't waste any time because shortly after you see where we are you see the good old silhouette and there he is Mando he is back Uh, and it really looks like it's picking off exactly after the events that happened season two We don't know what happened, obviously, yet with Bo-Katan. And, you know, we know Luke took Grogu away. Spoiler alert! Oh, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sorry, but I would like to think you've watched all of that stuff already. But, you know, we don't know how he got off that ship or how things ended up there, but he's here, and it looks like he's working once again. um, And he's here to collect a bounty. And, you know, he's, you know, going through this meat locker place, and he comes across this dude, um, who he, you know, he has a a bounty on, right? So, this dude is giving him shit. He's like, I'll know who this guy is. I'll let him know that, you know, whatever, that you're looking for him. And he's like, oh, I already know who I'm talking to. You know, plops down the little holographic. Um, you know wanted poster or however you want to call it uh, and it's right there right yeah, that's his face and he's like nah that's not me and then his cronies trying to surround him and all that and then you know shit's about to get real because Mando in a very calm Mando like voice he's like he comes up with his tagline I can bring you in warm or I could bring you in cold and that's when you know things about to pop off right and it was really cool. So yes, we have a battle that pers- that ensues. He has the dark saber. He ignites it, and he's using it. Except he doesn't know how to use it well. You know, you could see like he's doing all right, but Mando is still learning a lot of stuff, and he's struggling. And I- and I kind of like that because he's not perfect, right? So during one of the fights with one of the dudes, he you know he's doing his thing, and then he freaking like almost chops his own leg off right so he burns himself he's injured whatever whatever you know mando does this thing he holds his own and he doesn't give a shit anymore he just takes out his target slices him in half you know then decapitates him you know and that's it all said and done right so he you know he walks out all the workers in the in the meat locker he's like look i got no quarrel with any of you guys i'm here to collect my bounty i got it you got a lot of money in there you know because they were gambling or doing whatever the hell they were doing all that can be yours split it amongst yourselves the way you want it and be done with it right and of course they're all like hell yeah money let's go um but the funny thing about these guys is that they kind of look like pug people, and for some reason, every time I keep looking at them, they look—I look like it's looking—it looks like I'm looking at a bunch of pugs with human bodies. I don't know what you know, aliens, what alien races is or anything like that. But I just thought that was pretty funny. It's like, oh, I'm looking at a bunch of pugs. Uh, but yeah, so you know, he goes off. Then we get uh, a sense of where he is right now. Now, I don't know the name of whatever city it is, but the way I saw it, it's freaking Halo. You know, it's it's a ring, and the whole entire city or cities is on the rim of this ring, this Halo ring. Um, I've been playing a lot of Halo Infinite, so I'm in like the Halo mindset, but it's freaking Halo. That's what it is. You know, uh and it's 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 interesting how a lot of the sci-fi programs or movies are going with the same type of concept you know speaking of moonfall um you know without getting into any spoilers or anything like that you see something like that there too you know so it's kind of interesting how uh, like a lot of uh, programs have adapted to this and all that but yeah he's there and mandel's limping because he like a dummy he hurt himself and all that but the coolest thing and again talking about the directing of this episode and you probably wouldn't even notice it because it's you're so immersed in paying attention to what he's going to do or where he's going where he's walking but they have this brilliant one shot the minute he walks into the elevator and you got this hump over here you know who's just like kind of trying to mind his own business and all that you know and you know Mano doesn't give a shit he's like he got to get to where he has to get to right but the minute he gets into the elevator, the none of the scenes cut at all. Again, definition of a one shot is that it's a series of events that happen in one take, right? With no cuts or anything like that. And I love stuff like that because anyone who knows about movie making and and, and producing and you know putting together shots like this, this is a very difficult shot type of shot to accomplish because you got to do it all in one take and if something messes up you got to do it all over again from the beginning right so I don't know how many times or tries it, it took to do this but it was so brilliant you know because he gets into the elevator the elevator well you know goes up you know we know it's all like the special effects and all that but then he gets to where he gets to. he comes out and he's in this club he walks into the table where all, you know, all the Studio 54 rejects are and all that, and these are the ones who hired him to do what he had to do. Um, you know, he plops the head down, he's like, I got you what I got you. So where's the info, you know, that I'm looking for? And he's looking for information for uh, access to like the lower levels of this Halo ring, or whatever the case is, right? And they're giving him, gr- you know, kind of grief. They're like, "Come on, stop talking business. Hang out with us. Party. Drink." And he's like, "Look, I'm not here to party and drink and all that stuff like that. Just give me what I need." It's like, "Wait a minute. I got another freaking, uh, um, you know, job for you if you want it." And he doesn't give a shit. He's just like, "Look, here's the head. Give me the info, or else I'm taking this head back, or whatever the case is." So they, you know, they give it to him and all that, and then he leaves. And again all of this is being done in one shot in one take they pan through the table so you're seeing different angles he leaves that area where the meat where the table was he gets back into the elevator and he goes back down and then he exits the elevator and again brilliantly done all in one take and i really really love that stuff and it it was really really well done so now that he has the coordinates of where he could find this access to the lower levels um, you know, he he finally makes his way down there. Um, there was this one part where he was going down a ladder and the dude's hurt, right? So he can't really use his leg like that well. But the dude has a rocket pack. Why couldn't he just like fly down? Why is he like climbing down this? Ladder? It's like an open space too. So it's like there was no restrictions. So I really didn't understand the part, but whatever. But we do find out why he's looking so hard to find the lower access. And that is because that is where we find, once again, the Armorer. The Armorer is back. So it's his tribe. It's his clan. Um, We haven't seen these guys since everyone disbanded while helping him escape with Grogu and all that stuff like that. Um, So we finally, they have a nice little reunion there with the Armorer. And, of course, you got this hump, the this big hulking hump. I don't like this guy. I never liked this guy, because he never liked Mando. He's like, he, you know, he always gave him a lot of shit and all that stuff like that. And you could tell that there's still something there, in a way, right? But he's there. They know he's hurt. So he's trying to help Mando out, you know, try to heal him up and all that stuff like that. Then, you know, he, she asks, the armor asks, like, what caused such, you know, damage to you? And then it's like, oh, it's the Darksaber and everything. Oh, I want to see it. So she takes the dark saber she looks at it and everything. And then we start to hear, like, little stories. You know, she gives a little bit of background about the importance of the Darksaber and how, you know, how the legend tells the story about, you know, whoever wins this in the rite of passage gets to be the ruler of Mandalore, and, and if it wasn't won, if it was just handed to you, then that person will be cursed. And in a way, it kind of, like, it describes what happened with Bo-Katan, right? Because she never won it. You know, just like how the Creed says, uh, you're supposed to, you know, gain it. You know, it was given to her as well, and a lot of bad luck fallen upon her. So that kind of makes a lot of sense, right? So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, so... You know, we get a little bit backstory about that. Uh, we also learn that the dark saber was forged. Um, the hilt itself is Beskar, uh, but the the saber was forged by a half Mandalorian, half Jedi person, right? So I thought that was really cool. The name was given, but whatever. Um, so they they you know they move on and all that. She asks about his you know, and again you have the 3 of them and we find out that they're the only ones left right they're the last ones of their their tribe their clan uh so they got to stick together you know it's like don't worry we'll get you working soon enough and everything so she asks where he get that spear and he ex- explains that you know the jedi gave it to me and all that stuff like that and we learn something else again in this episode we learn that in the Mandalorian, you know, belief, Beskar should never be forged, uh, used to be to forge weaponry, because Beskar can pierce Beskar armor. Anything steel can uh, it can um, per, uh, it can uh, pierce and go through. So obviously that's not something that they want available. So Beskar can only be used for armor purposes so he's like all right well here you go let's just forge it into something and she's like cool Um, Well, what do you want it forged into Uh, and uh, he's like well a piece of armor for a little guy for a youngling a specific youngling and he's like I want a little gift for Grogu because I miss him And I want to give him something nice and all that stuff, like that. And she's like, Yeah, but that's done. You already sent him away. You sent him off to his people. You know, you got to move on. He's like, No, I miss him. And I want to give him a present. I'm like, All right, we'll do that if that's what you want. But during that time, uh, beforehand, we get to learn more about uh, the downfall of Mandalore. Right during the great, the big purge that they went through, and I thought this was really nice. This was a nice touch because, again, if you never really watched the Clone Wars, Rebels, Bad Batch, or whatever the case is, you must be missing a lot of the backstory involving the Mandalorians, Bo Katan, when she showed up, Ahsoka, of course, and everything like that. So this gave us a chance in a live-action format to get more of that history and to really get a good explanation as to what exactly happened on Mandalore and how the Empire wiped out the entire planet and all that stuff like that. And I thought it was really cool, and it was spawned by Mando asking the armor. What do you know of Bo-Katan? And she said, "You know, Bo-Katan is a cautionary tale, and this is why." And got into the whole thing, and again, it goes back to, you know, how she gained access to the dark saber, and since she never really won it in battle, then and it was handed off to her, she in a way was always cursed, and. You know, she was kind of promised to be the leader of uh, Mandalore and all this kind of stuff like that. And all this stuff transpired. So I thought this was really, really well done. And we got to learn more of the story and all that stuff like that. So really, really cool. But yeah. So we get a montage. Montage! I'm making a piece of armor! Montage! And she makes something for Grogu. Puts it in this little nice pouch. So it's tiny so we don't know what it is yet right but let's speculate all right now can you imagine if he forged like a little uh beskar bonnet you know a little bonnet a little hat that grogu can wear on his little bald head you know it'll be kind of cool he's not going to make him a a, a helmet he ain't ain't gonna wear that that's gonna be kind of weird uh or if he had like a little bib you know, a cute little best car bib. So that every time he vomits after eating too much, like we saw, they'll save all his clothes and his robe from getting all dirty and everything. How cute would that be? I personally think it's probably like a chainmail armor. Something to put around him. But it's it's a little bit of a mystery. It looks like there was like a little rings, a lot of bunch of little rings. So I really do feel like it's kind of like a chainmail that they probably made for him, which I think is kinda of cute. Um so yeah, so she hands off this little thing, uh, his little present for grogu. and then they start training. and she's there trying to teach him how to properly wield this saber and how to really fight with it. And because we already saw he struggles with it. He doesn't really know the full effect, the full power of this thing. Um and she keeps reminding him it's like, the reason why you're struggling is because you're fighting against the saber. Instead of doing that, focus on the enemy. The saber will work with you, as long as you have your mind and your heart set on who your opponent is, right? And then he also mentions that each time he keeps wielding it, moving it, it gets heavier and heavier. So this thing is an entity, right? So it does look like it really ties into the, the wielder's mind. And emotions and all that again very Jedi like right Um, and if you're not in tune with any of that stuff then you're gonna struggle so they do the training and everything like that and again he's having a hard time right and you know he gets reminded that stop using your strength to wield this weapon and he's like I don't know I'm having a hard time so what happens this freaking hump again shows up, freaking dummy. He's you know the guy. He, I knew this guy still has something against Mando, and he shows up and he's like, "Well, maybe you're not meant to wield such a weapon," you know. And then we learn that that uh, the weapon, the saber, was kind of brought upon by his ancestors and his in his original clan or whatever, right? so in a way he's trying to now stay claim to it but Manos like, yeah that was nice, yeah your ancestors did it, but you know what, I won this I won this in battle, so it's now mine and he's like, well I'm gonna challenge you I challenge you to a duel and of course the armor's like alright, do you accept whatever you dummies want to do alright, you want to kill off each other, go ahead I mean there's only three of us left you know, you're gonna leave me alone? Who am I going to build armor for now? You know, I don't know that, but whatever. They do their thing, you know, and they start fighting. And you can, like, in the beginning, you feel like, oh, oh wait a minute. This home's going to win, right? Because he's determined. He's taller and bulkier than uh, Mando. Uh, when he eventually grabs hold of the the saber, it looks like he doesn't have that much of an issue with it. But you know what? Mando is quick, and he's slick, while this big dude is not. And before you know it, he eventually overpowers this hump, right? Which is which is great. And finally, the armor's like enough, all right? You dummies made a fool of made fools of yourself. It is what it is. Then for some reason, she starts asking this question. She's like, "Hey, hump, have you ever revealed your face, to anyone?" ever taken your helmet off I had someone else take it off? And he's like, of course not. Mando, what about you? Oh, boy. What is he going to say now? Because we already know he's taken his helmet off multiple times. right? People have seen his face all over. Now, if it was me, I'd be like, of course not no one's seen my face I never took this helmet off you know that's again that goes against the Creed I can't do that but Mando being the loyal uh, member that he is the loyal person that always believes in all of these beliefs and everything he cannot tell a lie and he said yes so what happens she's like up wrong answer stupid you are now ousted you are. You have just uh, lost your Mandalorian license. You're done. You're not a Mandalorian anymore. And he's like, wait, please. I must. There must be something I can do to redeem myself, you know. And then the hump is talking his shit over there. He's like, just go. That's how you redeem yourself. Just leave. And he's like, shut up. I'm talk. Well, adults are talking here, right? And then she mentions that the only way you could ever redeem yourself um, is to visit the whatever lakes that are found in Mandalore. So, as Prince would say, you have to purify yourselves in the lake, in in the water of, of Lake Minnetonka, right? But in this case, he has to purify himself in the waters of Lake Mandalore, or whatever the case is. But he's like, wait a minute. The only way to access that stuff is through the underground tunnels, which are all sealed off because of the big purge. So, what happens? We get ourselves a little quest and reason for Mando to do something in the future season of The Mandalorian. So now we learn that this is something that he has to do because you know how much it means to him to be a Mandalorian and how much it means to him to be part of this clan, to belong, right? So we now know that this is something that he's going to have to do. Things are, are not really fully settled with the armor and hump on the ground, you know, but he's told that if you're going to, if you want to redeem yourself, this is the only way to go. To bathe yourselves and purify yourselves in the in the waters of Lake Mandalore, or whatever the case is. It's like, alright. But before that, I got other fish to fry, right? So, he finally gets, he, you know, he's making his way off this Halo planet. He's boarding along. He's boarding a, a star cruiser or whatever like that. You know, we get this little cute interaction with this droid. He's like, you can't have any weapons on here and all that stuff, and he's like, but I'm, um, um, you know, my religion is to have weapons on me at all times, right? And like, no, I can't do it. You gotta give it up. You know, so, you know, a little funny moment where you see him, it taking forever to get rid of all of his weapons, and bombs, and ammunition, and all that. And, you know, of course, he goes to the joy and he's like, look, I know everything that's on here. And he's like, Proceed. and all that, like, whatever. So he's now on this cruiser. We don't know where he's going yet. Because, you know, nothing has been said. But you have a nice little moment. Cute moment. Now, if you've been on any flight, I'm sure more often than not, you've come across that one bratty kid that can't mind his own business. And he's staring at you. Right? Because he wants to be a friend. Or because he's bored. Or because you have snot on your nose. Or whatever. Your hair is blue. right? So Mando's just sitting there looking out the window... You know, you got this little bratty kid looking at him. He's like, hey. You know, you know, Greedo-looking kid. You know, you would have think Mando would have shot first, right, or whatever. But, no, it's a kid. You can't do that. Sorry. I was getting a little bit carried away. But, you know, whatever. The parent's like, get down here, stupid. But it was because of that Mando starts reminiscing. You could tally. He misses Grogu because he feels like he's a father to this little guy, you know? And he's looking at the little gift that he has for him, all excited. And even looks like little Grogu's head with the ears and the little head. It's so cute. And all that. So it's like, I miss my son. Um, So really, really sweet moments. And then he finally lands and we find out that he is on uh, Tatooine. So he he he's back in most eyesly, right? Gets his stuff back, then cuts to a hanger. Wait a minute, who is this little guy? My mind blew the moment this little guy walked onto the walked onto the screen. I was like, wow, they brought it there. We got BD one. Now, if you don't know who this guy is. That is because you didn't play the video game Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order is this game that was done by Respawn, I believe, uh, and EA, uh, that follows the adventures of Cal. uh, I forgot his last name, Cal Katniss or whatever. No, Katniss, that's uh, Hunger Games. The dude's name's Cal, right? Who is a Jedi that is in hiding after um, the events of Order 66, right? Um,. And he has to find his, you know, he's making his way through planets and all that to try to find more backstory about, you know, his, uh, teacher and what happened to the rest of the Jedi and, you know, are there anyone else left like him? It was a nice little adventure story. And BD-1 is your companion. That's his little, little buddy. So, and he... He's very helpful. He can do a lot of different things. but it's so amazing that now he is featured in a live action in live action format on this show. you know. And who's his owner? This hot mess. So yeah, she's back. Good old, good old funny girl over here. Uh, Amy Sedaris, she's back. You know, we got a little glimpse of her in, in one of the flashbacks in an earlier episode and all that. But I wasn't expecting her to really be back. But she is part of the Mandalorian you know, storyline. She helps Mando a lot with a lot of things. But she's here, and she's the owner. So we're back in her hangar there on Mos Eisley. So it makes you wonder, okay, so how did she come into possession of BD? What happened to Cal? Right. Are we going to learn any of this stuff? Because if you play the game like I did, and I actually just beat the game recently, like about a couple of months ago, you know, it it ends with, you know, him still alive, and, you know, they're continuing on with what they got to do. This week alone, it was just announced that they're working on a sequel to Fallen Order that will carry on the Adventures and storyline. So maybe we'll find out in that game what happened and how... BD is now separated and now belongs to this hot mess over here so very very interesting stuff I'm really really interested to see how they're going to explain all that stuff but we see her and BD is being chased around by a a, it looks like a womp rat right and all right so this is the comedic moment of the show and all that this is our moment of levity to take us away from all the seriousness and all that. But watching her try to like hunt down this rat to save BD was a little cringy to me. It looked like she was doing like a one woman comedy skit on SNL. You know, she's got her army of you know worker droids behind her, and they're all funny and they all have their own little personalities. And she's like falling down and being dragged around by this rat. and I mean, look at her face. I mean, it just looked really ridiculous. But Mando shows up at the right time, shoots the rat off of her and all that stuff like that. She's saved and yada, yada, yada. We find out the reason why Mando returned to Tatooine is because she sent him a notification saying that, hey, I know you lost your razor quest, razor quest, razor crest, Maybe I need a little bit more bulletproof coffee. So, again, 15% off. Low-key geek. Link in the description. But, hey, you're looking for another ship? I got one, and I got a perfect replacement for you. So he shows up with the money and all that stuff like that. And as she's walking to the reveal of what this ship was, because he's like... He's thinking he's gonna get another razor crest. He can't get that damn ship out of his mind. He's like, I'm looking for another razor crest. I'm, where's where is it? But the minute we see this tarp, I knew immediately because I knew the shape, it, it reminded me immediately of what it was. I'm like, no way. She reveals it, and it is a Naboo Starfighter. I was like, wow, again, prequel lovers rejoice. It's amazing, right? But it looks like crap. He even he, you know, he uses a classic line: "It's a hunk of junk," right? But she's like, "Well, you showed up too early. I'm still working on this thing." He's like, "Yeah, but it's not a razor crust, so I don't want it." And she's like, "Wait up! Hold on! Hold on! This thing has a lot of potential. Plus, with my expertise and all that, I can soup this baby up and make it extremely fast and extremely powerful." whatever modifications you want, we'll take care of it. I got you. Just give me a moment to like finish it up and show you first hand, right? So you could tell he's like thinking about it and all this stuff like that. And he's like, all right, let's see what you got. And she's like, well, I could use a hand. And he's like, fine, I'll help out. And then we get another montage. We're putting a ship together, montage. Mandowin, crazy lady, montage. We got robots in the background, montage, montage. So we're get, we're seeing them put together the ship and all that. And then they had this really, again, it's so weird how we have like these comedic moments with her. So these Jawas show up, right? Because she's like, well, I get a lot of these parts from my Java clan. I, I work with these Jawas. and he's like, really? You can get anything from these guys? I'm like, yeah, they're like the best. And he's like, well, can I meet them? I'm like, All right. So they show up, and she starts talking to them, and they're like, whatever, doing that thing. And he's like, well, you know what? Let's test. Let's test how good you are. I'm looking for this. I don't know super flange thing magic whatever. And she had to mention of course this is a comedy bit right. Like oh yeah they're really cool and they're trustworthy. You know I dated a Jawa once. And okay this part did have me laughing because also one of the Jawas was like and she's like oh no I'm good I'm still working on myself. So this dude was just who was shooting his shot it's like, oh, you dated a job, Oh, well, what about me? You want to get together? I thought that was actually pretty funny. But, again, nothing to do with anything, right? Just for comedy's sakes. I thought, you know, it was kind of weird, but that one bit saved it for me. I thought it was pretty funny. And then she makes a comment like, oh, they're so hairy, and blah, 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 whatever. So... You know, they they do return. They come up with whatever this piece is that he's looking for. And he's like, wow, you did it. And they're putting the ship together more and more. There's even a moment where she did mention the pikes again because they stole whatever this piece is from one of the, the ships that the pikes were using to smuggle Spice and all that. And then she's like, oh, those pikes, you know, they're not to be reckoned with. Everywhere they go, they cause trouble and... And all that stuff so again we're getting reminded that the pikes are gonna be this huge foe that they're gonna have to fight off uh eventually right and mando's gonna be part of it so they put the ship together and everything so now it's time for test drive you know so he finally decides to jump in there they have this really funny uh moment not funny but interesting moment as he's looking over the the starfighter. And once it's all done. And of course it has to be all fully silver. Because that is. He wants his vehicle to be, to be chromed out. Fully chromed out. As much as possible. Um, but if you're familiar with the starfighters. They have a little bubble in the back. Right? And that's usually where the Astro uh, the astromech droid sits. And he's like. Oh I noticed that you hollowed out the droid port here. It's like, yeah, I know how you feel about droids and all that stuff. So I figured you probably wouldn't need that anymore. But it's still a little cockpit area. So could this be where we would see Grogu sitting in the future? In an, in a, in a whatever, when they come, you know, face to face together. It's like, hey, let's go for a joyride. And you see Grogu sitting in this little cockpit, and he's like, oh, wow, I can't believe it. You know, I mean he doesn't talk, but you know, he does those facial things and then throws up again because he ate. A bunch of eggs or whatever the case is but I thought that was really really interesting so you got Mando going for a test drive test spin and he's loving it he's like man this thing you know is really reactful um, and it's going super fast and during the whole time as he's speeding around Tatooine it reminded me a lot of uh, episode 1 during the pod race uh, sequence because he's racing through a lot of the canyons and the mountains there. We get to see him go through Beggar's Canyon. So we get to see him experience all of that. We do see a Womp Rat, but there was no bombing of any Womp Rats, unfortunately. But he's going around and he's loving this sucker. He's like, man, this is the best thing ever, right? So he's going around. Um, and then he's like, all right, let's see what else this thing can do. And he finally goes off into space, right? So as he goes off into space... You know, and like I said, he's going around, speeding through. And, and this is, like, really, like, the Top Gun moment also. Really, really awesome stuff. Uh, very well directed. Very well um, done as far as the cinematography and the special effects and all that. So, very, very well done. So, he goes off in the space, and we see this little brat again. It's because Mandel decides to, like, fly uh, alongside the Star Cruiser um, and this brat. I don't know if this is the same brat. looks like it is. But they have their little Superman moment. You know, the whole thing when Superman's like flying next to an airplane. And you see a little kid like, Ooh, who's that guy, Mommy? And Superman does one of those like, What up? You know, and Mando kind of does a nod. And then just goes off and everything. So I thought that was kind of neat and all that. But since he's going so fast, all of a sudden we see the cops show up. Whoop, whoop. It's a sign of the police! He gets pulled over. And he's like, oh, sorry, officers. Was I doing anything wrong? It's like, well, you're flying too fast next to a freaking, you know, commercial ship. And all that. Um, Whatever the case is. And, you know, plus you don't have whatever beacon. You know, you don't have a registration. So who are you? And it looks like Mando's going to be in trouble. But then, you know, and... When I first saw these guys show up, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. We're going to see Dave Filoni again, uh, or whatever the case is. But it's a, a different guy. But we hear a voice on the comm. And it's like, hold on. Maybe we could just let him go with a, off with a warning. Because homeboy is back. That's right. This guy with a very nicely colored beard. Very well put together. A Star Wars fan and collector. Uh, Who you know we kind of really fell in love with in the Mandalorian series and all that so he's back patrolling with this other dude And it's like yeah, we we can let you go and all that stuff like that with a warning, but you got to answer some questions because your voice sounds really familiar and The last time I heard a voice like that it belonged to some dude who flew a Razor Crest that we saw on this other planet blown blown to shit Next to some other Imperial artifacts and all that stuff like that. So, no Razor Crest, familiar voice, in a new ship. Kind of makes sense, eh? So, who are you? And before Mando even answers, he hits a switch of a button. Boom! He's out. Out like shout. He's gone. That's it. And he's like, I ain't answering no more questions. I'm out of here. So... You know, the the guys are like, Well, what can you do? You know, did you want to really go back to base and fill a bunch of paperwork and all that stuff like that? It is what it is. I'm pretty sure we're gonna this is not the last we're gonna see of him. He is part of this universe and all that. Um, so it was kind of like a nice nod to all right, we know this guy's here and all that stuff, right? So they get back oops, he gets back to the hangar. And she's like, how was it eh? And he has this line, wizard. Oh god, now we're gonna be hearing everyone quote this line. Bringing it back from episode 1, with the little bratty kids. Like, wizard Annie! That's wizard! Please no, please. Let's not get carried away with this line, please. But anyway, he gets out, and he's like, oh, by the way, you have a friend looking for you. And I said, like, you're busy and all that. But we all know, because you just saw it, Fennec. Fennec finally shows up. And like I said, this is like five minutes left in the episode, right? Fennec shows up. You're like, hey, what up, homie? Uh, Would you happen to be looking for work? I got a job for you. Has a bag of money, throws it in his way. It's like, all right, what's the job? He's like, well, it's not a job. We need muscle. We need help. And immediately he's like Boba right look it's on the house you know and she's like word I mean come on Boba and him Boba and I we go way back sister right you know he helped me he showed loyalty to me he kept his word and all that stuff it's the least I can do to pay him back right or whatever the case is but before I go I got someone to see, so you know he's gonna go and find Grogu to give him this nice little present, and that's pretty much how the episode ends. Um, so again, speculation time. I'm thinking that the next two episodes uh, we're gonna it's gonna follow Boba and all that, and the Mandal and Mando's gonna show up and everything like that. Boba's building his army. I don't know if he's going to have any other people with him, or who else he's looking for help from. But we know Mando is in in it to win it. He is part of the gang. But for The Mandalorian Season 3, I'm wondering if we're going to get kind of like time jumps, where we're going to get the moment where he does find Grogu, right? Right. Right before he teams up with Boba Fett to do whatever he needs to do with the pikes and getting Boba what he needs. And then we're going to also get to see Mando going off to Mandalore to redeem himself, do what he has to do to redeem himself. Plus, he has the dark saber, right? So, technically, since he won it, you know, according to Creed. He is the ruler of Mandalore. Plus, we still have yet to figure out what's going to happen with Bo-Katan. Right? And all that stuff. So, uh, it will be really, really interesting. And that's why I said this episode had so much going for it. That's why it made it so great. Not only for the current show, but for future uh, episodes or season of The Mandalorian, which I'm really, really looking forward to. And I know many of you out there are looking forward to so that's the episode recap all the spoilers and everything like that and that's the show this week so again thank you so much for tuning in please let me know in the comments your thoughts about this whole entire episode what did you like about it was there anything that you didn't like about it uh, do you think it distracted too much away from the main storyline by having this whole dedicated episode to uh, good old mando there? Um, you know, or was it just perfect for you or whatever the case is? Like I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. Um, again, if you are new to this uh, channel and you're watching for the first time, thank you again. Uh, episodes will upload every week up until the end of Boba Fett. Then I'll move on to whatever the next series is. Um, And it will launch always the morning after the day it drops, right? Uh, If you are an audio listener, again, thank you so much for listening. You can find this show on audio format as well through your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Spotify. I don't know if you want to support Spotify right now, but anyway... Uh, Apple Podcasts uh, and other main podcast platforms that are out there. Just look for the Low-Key Geek channel uh, on there and the episodes of the morning after spoiler uh, review show will be in there. Uh, All the links for everything will be found in the description. And don't forget save yourself some money and get yourself a new daily routine with bulletproof coffee 15% off if you use the discount code geek all caps one word at checkout click on the link in the description and enjoy some great coffee enjoy the rest of your week stay cool stay classy stay safe and i'll catch all of you next week all right y'all peace I didn't switch to a main camera. My bad. Bye.